Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It ain't the left side or the right side. And it must be the fin side. Thank you, Solo D. Welcome to another episode of On the Fin Side here with Kat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Be sure to check out our merch store on thefinside.threadless.com. Paul, for us, football is officially back with the Dolphins' first preseason game because, let's face it, we don't go down to training camp. We, we don't have that access. Hopefully, one day we'll be able to make that time. A lot of guys do get down there, so we're reliant mostly on camp reports at the beginning. So this is the time we can actually roll up our sleeves, take a look at this, get some game film that we can wrap our hands around. Oh, completely. I mean, and it really stinks that we're not down there because we do have the access. It's just not being physically in a the vicinity to be able to jump in there for that access that we've got. So huge thank you to the Dolphins for that, even though uh, we aren't able to make it. Absolutely. So the Dolphins win their first preseason game here by seven points, beating the Atlanta Falcons. And this was a game that had a lot of ups, a lot of downs. And it's, it's kind of interesting to measure that from one time to the next, because let's face it, the Dolphins starters are not out there for, you know, two or three quarters, like they're going to be in the third preseason game. So we're looking for some goods and some bad. So let's take say two or three real things from this game, Paul, that jumped out at you. Some two or three players that really improved their, their stock here on this 53-man roster and stock with this team in general? I think I'd be remiss if the first person I didn't mention wasn't Preston Williams. I mean, I know he he won the Underwear Olympics, which we see folks do every year, but when he got the chance to be out there on the field with pads on, when I, I won't say it counted, but it counted, boy, did he shine. I mean, he and Rosen really seemed to have a chemistry with each other. And... I just walked away absolutely impressed. Not only did he make a case for a roster spot at a very deep position, he made a case to be starting and seeing relevant snaps. So definitely Preston Williams for the first one. And I can't mention that without piggybacking off of it. You know, there are going to be some folks that are down on Josh Rosen for this one. He threw a pretty bad interception, which was also a great read by, by the Falcons. But all in all, he did a great job escaping pressure. And let's face it, there was a lot of pressure tonight. And he made some beautiful throws, including some where he had guys hanging off of him. He did a great job escaping. And he put balls in positions where only his receiver could get them. In some cases, it worked out. In some cases, it didn't. But I walked away very impressed with Rosen's progress already. On top of that, My third person I have here, it's I cheated. It's kind of a hybrid. I really think Gaskins and Walton did an excellent job of solidifying their chance at making this roster. 
I know the, the top two spots with Drake and Bellage are locks at this point, but I think Gaskins and Walton showed enough promise and potential in this game to really warrant that third and fourth running back spot. Yeah, let's uh, stick on Preston Williams and Josh Rosen because I'm right there with you. I mean, if Josh Rosen and Preston Williams this year get on the field together and we start to see some of the things that we're hearing out of camp, especially with Preston Williams, you ask what, you know, this isn't just us overreacting about Preston Williams catching four passes for 97 yards and all four of those catches were spectacular, especially a 36 yard one handed catch down the field. But you ask anybody that's in training camp who is one player that has been the surprise of camp, and it's Preston Williams, somebody who has star potential. And the reason he fell out of the draft was because he had a d- domestic incident a couple of years ago, and he transferred from Tennessee to Colorado State. But we saw the physical marvel that he could be in this game. I think you've got to get him, at least start planning to get him on the field this year. Because that's what this season is about, getting these young players on the field and seeing what you have. Yeah, Josh Rosen's interception that was returned by the Falcons defender was horrific. It was not a good pass. He not only didn't see the linebacker, I mean, at no point was the receiver even open on that play. But if you take out that one play, man, you can see – the smoothness and the arm talent that comes with Josh Rosen. I mean, there were a couple of plays, like I remember about a 20-yard pass to Clive Wolford, just burying it down the seam. That is special arm talent that you see out of him. He can just drop back and he can just throw that ball right down the pike. So that's, that's something that I'm looking to see more of. And I do think at this point, that Josh Rosen is going to be the starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins in week one, not in week four, not in week five, but in week one. So taking a look at some of the other positions, another guy that really stuck out for me too is uh, Dwayne Hendricks, the outside linebacker, undrafted free agent out of Pittsburgh. He's 6'4", 265 pounds. He got two sacks in this game, but it wasn't just the sacks. He also got a lot more pressures. And you see this kid play in space and – He's not somebody that falls over his feet like some of these other defenders of his size. So those are those are three that really stuck out for me as well for, for the positive. But three for the bad, man, oh, man, what a tough night for Nick Needham. I feel so bad for this kid, the undrafted free agent out of UTEP. I mean, this is a player we were very high on, and he got the opportunity to start opposite Xavier Howard in this game. But – Four catches for 60 yards and a pass interference, Paul, allowed in the first quarter of this game. First drive of this game, excuse me. Yeah, not a good night for Needham. I mean, he's got a lot of ground to make up after getting the start for Eric Rowe in this one. It it was bad. I mean, it was high-level bad what he did there. I mean, he basically just – he was the entire Falcons' first drive. So, you know, it's, it's, he's got to get his stuff together. Hopefully he can recover from this, learn a lot from it, take the constructive criticism that's going to come with watching the tape. But, yeah, I had him right there in my three bat as well. Yeah, and not much better is offensive tackle Jordan Mills. I mean, he played a lot of left tackle in this game and not, not a player I've been high on. I've made no secret about that. 
I'm already missing Juwan James even more than I was before after this game. Two penalties and a sack at the left tackle spot. I'm not even sure if he makes the roster, as we'll get to a little bit later. And third on that list, Alan Hearns is somebody that I've seen projected on this 53-man roster. I'm not quite sure right now because even though he is only 27 years old, it feels like he's older than that. He had a fumble late in the game, and I, I saw him struggling to, to gain separation throughout the contest as well. Looks like just another guy out there at the wide receiver position. So, Paul, any anybody else stick out for you for good or for bad reasons? I mean, I definitely had Hearns on my three. And while I agree with you, I think I wrote down any offensive lineman not named Tunsil uh, is on my down list at this point. But in reality, I, I'm going to go with a different tackle in this one. And that's Holden. I mean, he just absolutely sucked. For me, he dropped from second team right tackle all the way off my roster. So it's – he was bad. He was egregiously bad. You saw him watching plays. You saw him just whiff on everything and just look terrible in this one. Yeah. Number 75, Will Holden. The jokes write themselves, ladies and gentlemen. So (laughs) – yeah, they picked him up from Arizona, and you see a lot of just guys on this roster right now uh, along the offensive line. I mean, Jared Jones-Smith, Jordan Mills, Zach Strip, all competing for that tackle spot, and it seems like they're just taking turns stepping over each other based on not only what we saw in this game, but we're also what we're hearing out of camp, too. So um, let's take a look here, Paul. After this game at our projected 53-man roster, it's been a couple of weeks since we've updated our 53-man rosters. That's by design because there's no point in doing a 53-man roster projection, and then you have training camp for two weeks, and then you figure a lot of stuff out. So starting out at the quarterback position, Ryan Fitzpatrick and Josh Rosen as the two quarterbacks on the team. I'm sure we have agreement on that. And then running backs, you know, you made an interesting comment there about Mark Walton and Miles Gaskin as the – possibly third and fourth running backs that you have making the team. Are you sticking with that gun to your head now with the 53-man roster projection that you have four running backs making the roster with Drake and Balage? I have four running backs and a fullback making the roster because I really like the way Cox led the way on Walton's touchdown, and he played well when he got the opportunity today. Um, the one thing that I will say is I actually struggled just going back a little bit at the quarterback position, I hope they can stash Rudock on the practice squad again. It's very much a scenario where I liked what I saw from him. I just don't think he beats out Rosen or Fitzpatrick. Yeah, Rudock did have some nice throws here tonight. I uh, He also had one that should have been a pick six, that poor Hamp Cheevers dropped, and he would have taken it all all the way back to the house with three minutes left. I, I'm wondering if I'd rather have a quarterback on a different roster. I mean, one guy that sticks out maybe is Tyree Jackson, the undrafted free agent out of Buffalo. Somebody yeah. like that for the practice squad. I hope maybe with some more developmental traits. But as it stands right now, it's pretty unlikely the Dolphins would only keep two run two quarterbacks in the organization. They probably would uh, keep a third quarterback, and obviously Rudock would be the number one on that list to return to the practice squad. For me at running back, I've got Kenny Drake. I've got Kalen Balazs, just like you. My third guy is Mark Walton. Uh, you know, this is a player that is just 22, 23 years old, 
and was a rookie last year. Obviously, he got into a lot of trouble in the summer and not off to a good start in Cincinnati. He was cut, but there is some talent here, as a lot of our Miami Hurricanes listeners know, too. I don't have a fourth running back, but I do have Chandler Cox, the fullback, as well, making the roster. Paul, uh, where did you go at wide receiver? How many did you keep? I wound up keeping six wide receivers here. I mean, it's no secret. Parker Stills, Wilson Grant are practically guaranteed roster spots. I think after tonight, I think we can probably name Preston Williams a lock to make this team unless something catastrophic happens. Uh, For my sixth guy, believe it or not, I went Trent Irwin. I know I liked his game tape when Miami first picked him up, but I'll tell you, I liked what I saw out of him tonight, and I think he passed Isaiah Ford on the depth chart. Yeah, it's possible the Dolphins keep a sixth receiver, and if they do, it's going to be a tight competition between Isaiah Ford, Alan Hearns, Bryce Butler, Trenton Irwin. I only had them keeping five with uh, Kenny Stills, Albert Wilson, Devontae Parker, Jakeem Grant, and Preston Williams. But to throw a little monkey wrench in here, Paul, Devontae Parker now is on a two-year, $13 million contract. Obviously, he and Preston Williams are the same body type. Do you think that the Dolphins think about trading Devontae Parker if Preston Williams continues to get better and better throughout August? Can we say just go with yes? You don't even need the Preston Williams part. (laughs) Well, you know, I I like that. Well, we've said this for years, but Devontae Parker – Looking better, looking healthier in training camp. I know it's like the sixth year in a row this has happened. But the reason I, main reason I say this is if Williams continues on this, you know, uphill swing here, then he has the same kind of body type and he can run the same type of routes on the boundary there that Devontae Parker can. So I just think you have to get Preston Williams on the field in a, in a year like this. And on a contract like Parker's, that's two years, 13 million. You know, this is it's pretty manageable for a team out there that's, you know, may need a big playmaker to put their team over the top. And it, I, I would think that the asking price would be somewhere around a mid rounder for him. You know what? It's let somebody else and another fan base uh, drink the Kool-Aid on the Devontae Parker is going to finally get it together this year. I'm good with that. We've got enough talent a wide receiver. I don't think for he's going to be a – I don't know. I've given up on him being a complete receiver, but put him out there for 20 or 30 snaps a game, have him run all the way down the field um, on, on a lot of deep routes, which Adam Gase did not do last year with him, then I think that there could be something there as far as big play potential. But anyway, we talked way too long about Devontae Parker. Let's move on to you the know, tight uh, end one, spot. Th- one, 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 more, one more thing I'm going to throw in there, though. Have him run those routes down the field, continue into the tunnel, and keep – going that's that's what i'm going to say about Devonte. yeah Wh- whatever all right let's move on to the tight end spot i've got them keeping four players here and the last guy i fought the urge to keep him on the roster and finally i'm going to say that he is clearly one of the 53 best players and that's nick o'leary i think he can double as a tight end and a fullback and you know this is somebody that comes and works his butt off every day and is is clearly going to be one of the best 53 on the roster. And, you know, if Mike Kosicki, you know, continues to underwhelm as he is based on training camp reports, 
he may see the field a little bit more. So I've got Dwayne Allen, Mike Kosicki, Durham Smythe, and Nick O'Leary making the roster as four tight ends. I had the same thoughts as you about O'Leary with the fullback position, but I also feel he's a tight end that just gets the job done when he's on the field. Doesn't do a flashy, doesn't do anything spectacular, but he gets the job done. He can give you that possession. He can move the chains a little bit. I'm good with O'Leary being there, and I love the fact that they can move him to fullback and be flexible with their offense. I kept three tight ends. Outside of O'Leary, I kept Kasicki and Smythe. I did not keep Dwayne Allen, even though I know he's a pet favorite. Interesting. Dwayne Allen, that would definitely be a big surprise, but there are a few veterans on this roster where it would be a good sign if younger players stepped up and took their spot. Moving on to the offensive line, you know, it, it's starting to look like the starting five for opening day, and I think this is, again, a good thing with the younger players. It's going to be Laramie Tunzel at left tackle, Michael Dieter at left guard, Daniel Kilgore at center, Dion Calhoun at right guard, the undrafted free agent out of Mississippi State, and Jesse Davis at right tackle. And the minute Patrick Flaherty was fired, Jesse Davis moved into that right tackle spot. So I, it looks like this is going to be the starting five for opening day. And, you know, it's we'll see where the chips fall on this. And I've overall got the Dolphins keeping nine linemen with the backups being Chris Reed, uh, center guard. Also, I have them keeping Kyle Fuller even though he has not impressed all that much, I think they're going to keep nine linemen and they're going to keep two with center guard versatility left tackle. I mean, you can basically pick the gun to shoot yourself with on that. I have them keeping Jared Jones Smith over Jordan Mills over Zach stirrup. You know, if the best players are truly playing, I don't see how you can look at a game like tonight and conclude that that's uh, Jordan Mills. And then finally, my ninth guy is Isaiah Prince. I, I thought he played pretty well in the first preseason game, and the tools are certainly there. But the concentration and the polish may not be there yet, but I'm starting to wonder how much worse he can be than these other guys. So, Paul, how many do you have making the roster there? I have nine, and mine differs slightly. I mean, obviously, I've got Tunsil, Dieter, Kilgore, Davis, Jordan Mills, and, and Deion Calhoun. Uh, my final three, I did have Zach Starrett, uh, I did have Reed, and I also included Isaiah Prince, who I, I think, if nothing else, Prince is going to be there for the upside play. He was a guy that was supposed to be projected for a very much higher draft position, but he had a, a, a rough senior year, and hopefully he can recover from that. I think Miami's got some coaching talent that will be good at getting the best out of their players. Let's move on to the defensive side of the ball here, and I'm a little bit heavier on this side of the ball as far as the 53-man roster. I'll throw it to you first for defensive line because, you know, like we've talked about with the front seven, we can we can handle this any way that we want with how these guys split up. Yeah, I mean, I kept four and four. Um, the guys classified as DEs by the team and four guys classified as defensive tackles by the team. That said, I think the defensive tackles I kept are all locks at this point. Uh, and Vincent Taylor, Akeem Spence, Davin Gottschall, Christian Wilkins. I kept Tank Carradine. Uh, I kept Jonathan Woodard. I kept Nate Orcher. And while I wanted to keep Ledbetter and I wanted to cut Charles Harris, I had to put myself in the Dolphins' shoes, and it's not what I would do. It's what I think they will do. And I think they keep Harris and cut Ledbetter, unfortunately. 
Yeah, cutting Charles Harris at this point I don't think makes a lot of sense, even though he's been a big disappointment because of how thin the Dolphins are at that position. Um, so two players that you mentioned that I, I don't have making the final roster uh, are Nate Orchard and Jonathan Woodard. I do have Jonathan Woodard getting cut as well because, you know, th- it seems like a lot of these players on the Dolphins' front seven like Ledbetter, like Adolphus Washington, are really stepping up because they're a good fit in this system. Jonathan Woodard, I don't think he's quite big enough to be an edge setter in this type of defense, and I don't think he's quite big enough to be a pass rusher, and that's kind of been the story of his career. I do have him being cut. So along the defensive line, if we're looking at a – let's start with uh, six defensive linemen here. I've got Wilkins, Gotcha, Vincent Taylor – Ledbetter, Akeem Spence, as well as Adolphus Washington. Adolphus Washington has stepped up a lot more, and he's never really played in a 3-4 defense. Um, Along the edge, I've got Charles Harris, Tank Carradine, Andrew Van Ginkle, and the rookie Hendricks as well, who I I think it'd be senseless to cut at this point. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how this all shakes out here. Yeah, and one thing I will say at the defensive end position that could spell doom and gloom for Nate Orchard is the fact that the Dolphins signed Robert Nkandici. Um, I think he could be a guy that steps in, has the body type to fit the role very well for, for this Dolphins D-line, D D-end, DT hybrid. So he could be a guy that, you know, he's he's a former pretty high pick, and he could be a guy that steps into the role, and Flores and Graham find a very good role for him. Yeah, he's an interesting player for the future. Right now, uh, after being signed, uh, he's going to go on the PUP list. Whether or not that goes into the regular season remains to be seen. But uh, supposedly Laramie Tunzel, his college teammate, was instrumental in getting him on the team. So definitely the potential's there, and it's worth the risk. So let's look at the linebacker spot. Obviously, it's once we get the defensive line and the edge players out of the way, it's a little bit easier to navigate through this. It completely is. I mean, I, I've got the Dolphins keeping seven linebackers. I, I kept five on the outside, two on the middle, but that's also with the caveat that Kiko can kick into the middle. I had a couple of heartbreaks in mind. Uh, on the outside, I have Baker, Kiko, Aguavian, uh Van Ginkle, and Hanks. And in the middle, I have Rake and Watson. It broke my heart to cut Chase Allen. It broke my heart to cut Mike Hall. But in the end, Miami really likes some of these speedy young linebackers that they have, and I just think it was a numbers crunch for Allen and Hall at this point. Yeah, and Mike Hall is, as you know, is going to be on the PUP list, so he will be definitely out the first six games of the season as it stands right now. But yeah, we, we're—I think we're pretty much on the same page here. I have them keeping overall when you include inside linebacker or linebacker and edge defenders. I've got them keeping 10 overall, if you include Harris and Carradine in that mix. So I've got Raekwon, I've got Jerome Baker. I, I do have them, unfortunately, keeping Kiko Alonso. It looks like he is going to have a role on this team. Also, uh, Sam Aguavion making the team, who's been really the defensive talk of camp so far. And I have them keeping Trey Watson as well as Terrell Hanks. I mean, if the Dolphins are looking at keeping 53 players on this roster, then I think that's very important for them to do. So, Defensive back, again, uh, cornerback and safety can merge a little bit here. So I overall, Paul, have 10 defensive backs making the roster. At cornerback, 
let's count Minka as a cornerback and Montre Hardage as a safety in this situation. I've got them keeping at cornerback Xavier Howard, Eric Rowe, Minka Fitzpatrick, uh, Wiltz, Cornell Armstrong, and at safety, I've got them keeping Bobby McCain, Rashad Jones, TJ McDonald, Walt Akins, and Montre Hardage. On the chopping block are Tory McTire, Jalen Davis, Cordrea Tankersley, Tyler Patman, and after tonight, Nick Needham. So it, it's still a very heated competition at that defensive back spot. How does that figure out for you? Yeah, Needham definitely played his way off my depth chart. I've got him keeping five and five. I mean, I classified Minka as a safety. I think he's going to be out there a lot in the three safety looks. But for me, I kept Rowe, I kept X, Armstrong, Wiltz, Jalen Davis actually made it to my final roster. And then at safety, I've got McCain, TJ McDonald, Mr. Jones, Minka. And as much as I hate to qualify him as a safety, that's his listed position. So, Walt Akins, congratulations. You're listed as a safety, but enjoy special teams. And then we've got on special teams, uh, overall, our three guys, Jason Sanders, Matt Hawk, and John Denny. But I, after tonight, again, I, I just watched that first punt from Matt Hawk. It, he's lucky that it got 36 yards with no bad weather, 78 degrees, and it just it's just a terrible kick. And we saw so many of those last year. Keep a lookout for the Patriots as well, who drafted a, a punter, Ryan Bailey, uh, in the fifth round of the NFL. Excuse me, Jake Bailey in the fifth round of the NFL draft. And Ryan Allen, who's been a punter in the league for a while. I think that either one of those would upgrade the Dolphins' punting position. So, Paul, very interesting here as we continue to upgrade our 53-man roster as the games go by. Um, anything else you want to add on tonight as we wrap up the show? No, I think there's a few battles in here, particularly at like wide receiver um, at tight end, because I know Walford does deserve to be in the discussion. Um, there's a few heartbreaking players to, that I had to leave off the roster that could make their way back on. I mean, you look at defensive end, I think it's very fluid at this point. And I think as much as it doesn't make sense to cut Charles Harris, if he continues to play like he did tonight, there is a, I think there's a very realistic possibility that they either try to cut or move him. So it could get interesting here. Absolutely. And I'm looking at uh, one player tonight, too, that I didn't mention before, and that's uh, Andrew Van Ginkle, the fifth-round pick. I thought he looked fantastic tonight, and he's somebody that almost made my list as well. I don't know if I included him as an edge, a linebacker, or if I just flat-out forgot to mention him, but he's going to be on this team, and he's going to be playing a very instrumental position, especially in a year like this. You can tell when a player just gets it, and Van Ginkle made three or four reads tonight that you could just tell he trusts his eyes and uses that athleticism, that sub four, six speed that got him drafted in the fifth round out of Wisconsin. So that will do it for our breakdown of the Dolphins first preseason game against the Atlanta Falcons, a 34 to 27 win. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and on Spotify. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the fifth side. So D take us home. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fin side. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fin side. Listen, Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in to see what Brian Cat and Paul about to do.